This is Bob Cook, known as the cooker to the people who actually know me, and you're listening to Live and In Color with Wolfie D. Hey, this is Jimmy Street, host of the Live and In Color with Wolfie D podcast. Hear the life and times of professional wrestler Wolfie D. From his time in the territories with PG-13, to his time in WWE, ECW, WCW, TNA, and more. Nothing is off limits, and nothing will be held back. Thanks again for tuning in. Here he is, Wolfie D. Welcome, welcome, welcome once again to Live in Color with Wolfie D. I got my man, Jimmy, across the street. What up? What up? What up? How's it going, man? How you doing? Oh, did you like my weird pauses when I did that? <laughs> did, did it sound awkward to you, Jimmy? <laughs> it kind of threw me <laughs> off a little bit. I was like, wait a second. Do I-, I, I just, that whole open, I've told you, I just, I don't feel like it's mine. I guess it is, but I don't know. Yeah. It's yours. It's your time to shine. Yeah, yes. Not shine real bright like a diamond. Shine uh, bright. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, man, uh, happy early birthday, Jimmy. Your birthday's tomorrow, bud. <laughs> Wolfie D, you remembered. Oh, my God. <laughs> no, that's all. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. Yeah, I hate this. You know, it's like birthdays are fine and all that, but I hate turning older, you know, like getting one. It's like, I, when am I, when am I going to be old and wise? That's what I'm yeah. like. Or any yeah. day now. When's that going to hit me? I don't uh, know. I don't maybe know. Maybe tomorrow. We'll or some it comes quicker than others. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. Wise before their age, right? That's kind of yeah. the deal. Yeah. Anyway. And then next week, uh, on the 7th, yeah. Jimmy, I'll be freaking 50. For yes. God. Uh, so I'm 45. You'll be 50. Yes. W- wow, bro. It's like, Ugh. man, Ugh. Ugh. we're getting old, dude. Yeah, man. Remember when we started this as young men? We were, <laughs> yeah. yeah, we were back <laughs> when I was in my late forties. <laughs> I was forty-two, and you were young whippersnapper, <laughs> forty, whatever. Yeah. Uh, anyway, but man, yeah, we've been uh, doing this a minute, man. I can't believe it. You got some leftover turkey still full? Oh yeah, I'm I'm jam packed, man. You know, I'm sorry, but there is nothing, nothing like leftover turkey. On two white pieces of bread yep. and mayonnaise, man. Yep. Sandwich right there. Dude. Maybe a little, yeah, dude. Maybe a little lettuce, maybe a little tomato, but just white turkey. And, yeah, I'm good with uh, it, man. Yeah. I, I love I, lettuce I, and tomato on my sandwiches, but. Right. That's a good point. Yeah, you're right, man. But you know what I used to do? I remember, I swear to God, I used to do this. I would take like the piece of bread. I would take like a, you know, like a long cut piece of turkey. Mm -hmm. I would slap it on the bread, fold the bread (laughs) in half, you know, put the mayo on it, and then fold the bread in half, do like a half Sammy. Yeah, that's just great lazy, Jimmy. Another piece of bread and a butter knife is a problem. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. Oh, man, but that sounds good. I think I'm going to do that right now. I hope there's something left, man. But, yeah, man. Yeah. Leftovers. I love them. Yeah. I, I'm that? not the only person in my house that eats leftovers. Like, if we have something, I definitely know that I'm getting all of the leftovers. It's well, cool. if I say this. If you eat the leftovers, you can tell you were raised right. That's damn, all I'm saying. Damn right, man. Damn I'm right. Just, that if just I had is a, a complaint, I'm telling you. In this yeah. house, there's so much food that goes to waste, and you know, leftovers, but other stuff too, and and it's a, it's everybody. Except yeah, it, it's an it, epidemic, it like bro. Makes me mad. 
Right. I agree, bro. I still have that mentality of we could feed kids in Ethiopia. <laughs> we could, man. <laughs> I mean, they they make feed us now too. You never know. But anyway, yeah. I, I just feel like I agree, bro. It breaks my heart when I. It's like I think I probably need to throw that away. It's it maybe because I'm always like, man, I think I could probably eat that tomorrow. And yeah. it's like, yeah. you know. So maybe it's a little too long, but man, stuff like chili and soup and all that kind of stuff, I could eat on that for days, man. Yeah, me too, man. Soup. Yeah. yeah. Um, so uh, one more time, man. Uh, December the second, I'm going to be in Bradenburg, Kentucky, doing a meet and greet for a. a it's a show. Uh, we talked about it last week. Uh, TCW and yes. UWF, I believe. And I apologize about it. There's so many letters on everybody's stuff now. <laughs> Remember all that stuff? The Elemental P organization. Yes, and, them. And uh, so anyway, yeah, I'll be in. Brady I think it's Kentucky. TCW and UPW. Am I correct? Yeah, I Am don't I- know. I forget. It'll and probably be there. for forgetting, but there's a yeah. wrestling show, probably the only one in Bradenburg, Kentucky, yeah. on December the 2nd. So, exactly. Uh, come on out and see me. That's up by Louisville, so I expect to see. Well, I don't expect. I don't expect nothing of anybody, but because that's when you get disappointed. But, uh, <laughs> dude, I hope that uh, my, my folks in, in Louisville and Elizabethtown and that whole area can can make it out, man. So Definitely. Like I said, I'm, I'm officially a rare appearance now. I'm, yeah. Yes. Yes. And then you'll be there with Flash Flanagan too, man. Absolutely. So, Flash Flanagan, Victor Bruiser. Trailer Park Trash told me he was going to come hang out. And I don't know. Oh if my he was god. What? But he just said he was going to come see me. So I mean. Oh could my be a god. Party. I hope the the police are ready for that. It's Flash <laughs> Trash and Slash in That's person. Right. Oh my god. Together. Just grab Vic the Bruiser and record everything y'all do. Yeah, man. <laughs> yes, absolutely. <laughs> So come out and see me, y'all. I'll be, like I said, five to six is the meet and greet. That's when I'll be signing uh, babies and shaking hands and uh, shaking babies and yeah. signing autographs. What about and, signing boobies? Uh, is that day, are those days over? I believe so. Um, yeah, I think so. I hadn't done that in a while, but I'm also 50. And yeah, yeah. The boobs my age are just be coming out around me. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> I got a pair here at the house that are 45. I'm good with those. <laughs> that's all that matters. Yeah, that's all that matters. But what I was saying is, is kind of leading to a story. Like, obviously, you've you've signed a pair before, I would assume. Correct? Yeah. Okay. All right. That's all that matters. That's yes. all if you've yes, done sir. it that's all that matters that's all that matters that's so. it so <laughs> why don't you uh tell the folks who we're talking to today jimmy and let's take a break and let's talk to him because see i really don't know this man yeah bob could today. yeah, yeah bob's yeah. awesome so seriously y'all Every show that a lot of our guests, you know, have the names like the the you know the the big names like Road Dog or or Steve Kern or you know Jerry Lawler or something like that. But then they they're the guys that make those guys who they are. And so, like for every Wolfie D and Jamie Dundee, there's the, the guys that had to put them over in those matches that you yeah. maybe didn't know their name. But th- this guy. 
has a history in this business that is yeah. on par with anybody else's because here's the thing. He worked all them guys. And I mean, if you name them, he worked them. And I'm serious. Yeah, he's a like, a, like a Reno, Riggins. or Exactly. Uh, a you Tony know, Falk. The, the guys that were the mainstays in the WCW and WWF. Uh, yeah. that was, that's Bob's time period. And, and, you know, um, he, he made a lot of guys look really good, you know? Yeah, so, absolutely. And, and I, I don't believe you are appreciated for that by your, by your definitely. Uh, peers, not necessarily the fans, but the boys appreciate you and definitely, uh, definitely. want to work with you because absolutely. they know you make them look good. So, well, you know, that's the whole point of it, right? That's it. That's the point. I don't like to call the J O B B jobbers name. <laughs> I don't use that, but I do like underneath guy. Is that pretty good? That's a good one, right? Underneath. Uh, yeah, that's, that's good too. Yeah. You were working but underneath. Really anybody that's, you know, Oh, he's a jobber. Okay, that's going to be one of the fans calling you that, and you right. know, they, they don't right. have the respect for it that uh, that the boys right. do. That's what matters, you know. Exactly, the boys and Bob has all the boys' respect because yeah. seriously, this guy's done a lot. I'm excited to talk to him. I'm going to shut up right now. You want to talk to him? Let's get it. Yes, on. shut your mouth, Jimmy. Let's go. All right, <laughs> we'll be right back after these messages. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hey, folks, to get your official Live It In Color with Wolfie D merchandise, go to prowrestlingtees.com forward slash live Wolfie D. Check it out. If you're listening to Live and in Color with Wolfie D on Apple Podcast and like what you're hearing, go ahead and leave a five-star rating. And while you're at it, write a review. Tell us what you liked. Tell us what you'd like to hear in the future. It's very important to us and always appreciated. Thanks again. All right, folks, we are back. And as always, we have a very special guest with us today. And it is none other than the cooker, Bob Cook. How you doing, my man? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on the show. I really appreciate being remembered by all the people that forgot me. <laughs> <laughs> I know the feeling, man. I know the feeling, man. <laughs> so, so we've come to this uh, to, to this conclusion that you and I, if we were not doing this right now, we'd be sleeping. Me and you, not together, but <laughs> we would be sleeping separately. <laughs> together most definitely be sleeping <laughs> <laughs> you're a night owl huh yeah i've been up all night playing my evil knievel game like a lunatic something i do several hours a day because i don't have a life or a job and it takes my takes my time <laughs> nice. nice now see i was gonna ask you that man because i noticed that uh on your facebook page your your cover photo is evil knievel now, I was a huge Evil Knievel fan when I was a little kid, man. I had the little stunt cycle. I had the lunchbox, all that stuff. What's what's? Are you just a fan like like I was or, or what? Yeah, I've been a fan of Evil Knievel since I was five years old, starting in like 1968. But then in the last 10 years of his life, I became friends with him, which uh, was like you were the that. icing on top of the cake of my accomplishments, you know, yeah. in my life anyways. 
So yeah. how did that come about? Actually, through the internet. This was 1997. Now, at least I was just getting into the internet. You used a thing called Web TV because it was a cheap way to get online without having to buy a computer. Uh-huh. But um, and, and Evil had a website. I was like, oh, let me see if Evil has a website. I don't know. And he had a website. And he had a phone number for a fan club that I didn't even know existed. Really? You know, at that point. And so I called the number, and he happened to live in Clearwater, Florida, which shows like a 90 miles south of there. Yeah. And I talked to a guy named Mike Gray, and I asked him if Evo ever, ever meets his fans. He goes, oh, Evo loves to meet his fans. And at the time, I had one of the biggest collections of Evo memorabilia, uh, private collections in the world. Uh-huh. And the guy set it up, and I went to meet him, and we hit it off. And we were friends for the last 10 years of his life. Got to do all uh-huh. kinds of cool things because of him. Got to be in his book, Evo Ways, a picture with me and his son, and all kinds of cool stuff. He was awesome. awesome. That is very That's cool. So, is, I say yeah. to, so I always say to people who say, don't meet your heroes. I say, don't miss the opportunity. I'd rather be disappointed than miss the opportunity because yeah. he's been my yeah. hero since I was a kid. And meeting him the first time, I thought, oh, crap, what if, what if he's an asshole? Yeah. What am I yeah. going to do? <laughs> but he turned yeah. out to be awesome. That's, that's, that's cool. real cool, man. And then your buddy, Andrew Anderson, is buddies with Ace Fairly. So you guys are fucking hanging out with all your heroes and shit. And here I am with two fucking cats. What the fuck, man? <laughs> <laughs> well, I had a dog until a couple of years ago, but he passed away. Thanks for bringing it up. Goodbye. Oh, man. Golly, Wolfie. Sorry, come man. on. Jeez. Yeah. yeah. I'm a douche. Well, you know, let me say something real quick. I'm going to tie evil and wrestling together. So the guy who created the stunt cycle is actually the guy who created the AWA Remco action figures, Ooh. Steve Rosenthal. So there's a little tie-in for evil and wrestling. It's pretty Look cool. At you. Well, I could actually burst your bubble and say it wasn't Remco. It was Ideal Toys that made the evil toys. But that's just uh-huh. me. He's knowing everything about evil and evil. <laughs> no, well then, okay, I'm sorry. Same guy, different company. That's me. My bad. Oh, okay. <laughs> Good job, Cook. I love it. <laughs> that's possible then. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. That was his first claim to fame, and then he had the AWA Remco. But anyway. Yeah, that was thing. the greatest toy ever. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Yeah. It was very cool, and uh, I, I I don't remember if I broke it eventually or I just grew up and didn't have it no more. No, no. Well, I broke a lot of them. I had, I've like I said, I used to have a huge collection. Most of my stuff is in the Evil Knievel Museum in Topeka, Kansas, the greatest place on earth if you people like Evil Knievel. Mm-hmm. I would awesome. say if you don't know Evil, you go there, and you if you don't leave there loving it, then you should kill yourself because what's the honest, <laughs> you missed the boat. Man, that dude, uh, I mean, how how many bones did he break? I know I've heard that before. Well, he really only broke like 35, but the Guinness the, the, should give 35. you an idea of how legitimate <laughs> give you an idea how legitimate the Guinness Book of World Records is. They say Evil broke 433 bones. Let me figure that out. First of all, you don't have that many bones in your body. He only right. crashed like 14 times. He'd have to break like 40 bones each time he crashed when he only broke one or two, and every once in a while didn't even break any. So the Guinness Book of World Records, I don't trust anything they say. That's a work. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Clearly. Though, man, some of the wrecks he had oh my god man yeah look look brutal maybe maybe it wasn't as bad as it looked he's a good worker <laughs> yeah oh yeah. no no it was brutal i mean he suffered greatly like all the years i knew him he would there was times where i would call him and i'd have to ask is evil there i'd say is evil there because i didn't recognize his voice because he was in so much pain yeah, yeah. dang yeah like the last few years of his life he had a implant into his into his spine where it would automatically inject morphine every once in a while so he could at least function wow. somewhat yeah that's crazy yeah. man that's crazy yeah. 
Well, man, uh, Bob, moving on to uh, wrestling, um, which is uh, you know kind of what this podcast is about. Um, we may have our first run in today. Uh, just so happens that uh, I got a call a little bit ago from uh, somebody that knows you. Says he's one of your biggest fans, uh, David Young. You know David? Uh, boy, I'd hate to hurt his feelings. But I don't know. <laughs> I always thought my biggest fan was I always thought my biggest fan was hanging over my bed spinning rather fast to just keep the breeze going. Well I David said he was with you at WCW uh, David worked. Oh okay, I remember him. Yeah, and uh, so anyway, he gave me a call, and he's in town for some reason. I don't know why, but he he may be stopping by and uh, saying hello to you. Oh, wait a minute, you're saying he was a wrestler? Yeah. Yes. And he was a fan? Sounds like a mark to me. Sorry, David, that was a joke. It was a joke. Relax. <laughs> David As is Don Rickles would say, we make fun of everything. Yes, yes we do. Exactly. Hey, totally. if we don't laugh on this show, I don't think it's a good show. Ask Jim. I agree. I totally. Yeah, you're right. Well, laughing. when you consider the fact that nuclear war can start at any minute, we got to laugh oh. as much as we can. Yeah, no <laughs> shit, right? <laughs> so, man, you you got trained by the Malenkos. That's pretty fucking cool. Yes, the great Malenko and, of course, his sons, Joe and Dean, would come by. And I even got beat up a few times or stretched, if you will. Abused, yeah, I more likely think of it. Carl Gotts, the legendary Carl Gotts, would come by to school and make us do squats. He put me to sleep for real one time. He's like, let me show you guys how to do the sleeper if you really want to do it. He put me to sleep. Next thing you know, I'm laying on the mat, and my jaw hurt for like a week. Oh, oh man. <laughs> Yikes. That was back in the day when they'd break you in the hard way. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, really, they didn't, though. That was that was Carl. Really? Malenko smartened me up the first day I was there. He told me exactly what to expect and exactly what I was getting into. The right. business awesome. is a work. It's entertainment. You know, the art is to make it look real without being real, look stiff without being stiff. That's yeah. the art. That's the purpose, you know. Right, right. But yeah. what do I know? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've got a sheet of questions here that say you know quite a bit. I'm just saying. So, <laughs> oh, well, you know, if you got it off the internet, then you know it's true. <laughs> Jimmy, what's your first question? Am I correct? You started in championship wrestling from Florida. Was that your first promotion? No, I started okay. in '81 after getting lucky, coming out of the Armory in Tampa. A flyer on my card that said, "Become a professional wrestler for the Great Michael School." And I didn't okay. go to the armory every week, so it must have been in divine intervention, even though I don't believe in that. But <laughs> and I went to the school and I trained. I was like, I didn't work for Florida wrestling until '86, and gotcha. again, I got lucky on that one as well. What I meant was that your first major promotion, anyway. Yeah, so, pretty. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, Malenko started. You know, when Malenko would run outlaw shows, as they were called back then, and he also sure. got a few money marks over the years where he'd get TV deals, and then he'd always get used really well on his little tv deals and stuff but yeah. yeah that was the first and that was like one of the biggest thrills of my life right you get you get your your moments in life yeah was going home on a saturday night after doing the first tv taping for championship wrestling from florida on a wednesday morning and hearing gordon silly called bob cook with a high high hip toss you know it's like oh, crap, <laughs> oh, gordon yeah. totally mentioned my name you know yeah <laughs> seriously that's amazing <laughs> the dean you know that's incredible so talk about at the time so obviously when you're getting into championship wrestling from florida you know obviously eddie is gone at this point and you know the i i, I think it's hero owns the place at that time is it duke and hero that owned the place when you got into um, it no mike was Part of Mike, I don't think I don't. I never. I don't think I ever saw Duke, but Hero was definitely there. 
Okay, gotcha. Okay. And I, I I would just love to hear about championship wrestling from Florida around that time. How was how were things around that time there? For me, it was a blast because I was only, I don't know how old I was, early 20s. So I was just, whatever you want to call it, living the dream, you know, making $50 a night. But I was wrestling <laughs> seven nights a week. Sometimes we'd get yeah. 75. Flair would come in. You know, yeah. back when they yeah. paid you on the house, they go, we got a full house tonight. I think the losers are going to get paid tonight even. <laughs> <laughs> For me, it was just fun. And yeah. everybody always treated me with respect. I think a lot of that came from the Malenko tie-in. Okay. Okay. You know, I think that has a lot to do with how people were, treat you. Some, some. Sure. I mean, it does, oh, that yeah. proved they proved that in WWF when I went there in '95 that that how important Malenko's name was. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, they definitely going to treat you better when you got a, a good representative on your side. Well, I mean, if 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 they say you were trained by Malenko, that's great. Then you go in the ring and suck. Then that's well, yeah. going to screw up. Totally, <laughs> it's yeah. a nice start, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'd say it would be a little hard to have them train you and suck, but anything can happen. I reckon in the world of professional wrestling. That's true. I, don't, I can't think of anybody. Well, there was these two girls that used to come to the Malenko school. Two fat <laughs> girls. I'm sorry, but they were morbidly obese, and they would just roll over. Um, but he never charged doing it. He was just like a good sport. You know, he was like, eh, they were trying to learn and never went anywhere. So they yeah. never got it any better, but they were just big fat slobs, you know. Yeah. Not that I don't know yeah. what that's like, but. <laughs> well, one of the opponents that you were working quite a bit early on in championship wrestling from Florida, and we talk about his tag team partner from the new breed, Chris Champion, all the time. He's a big deal to Wolfie D, meant a lot to PG-13's history, but you actually worked the other guy, Sean Royal. Do you remember anything, interactions with Sean? How was that? How did that go? Yeah, Sean was great. He's actually the first guy I wrestled on championship wrestling from Florida. Okay, and go. I actually blacked his eye in the match. Like the first time I'm on championship wrestling from Florida, I blacked his eye. I did the thing where he's like, he came off the ropes and I caught him in the gut with a knee, but I hit him with my elbow in the eye. Oh, <laughs> if you watch oh, the match, you can, if you watch the match, he goes down and he, and he goes for his eye, but then he sells his gut, you know, but he was really <laughs> cool. I obviously apologized to him and, he beat yeah. me up and everything, and then, you know, I, I went home crying. But other than that, it was nice. <laughs> right, right. No, I'm yeah. just kidding. He was cool about it. You know, he's like, yeah, that's what happens. So I was like, oh, yeah. thank you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So Did you ever work Chris Champion? <laughs> only once. We tagged him a lot, but uh -huh. I only worked against him one time. Because uh -huh. I was usually a heel in Championship Wrestling from Florida, but for whatever reason, the day I wrestled Chris, and it was on TV. Uh -huh. And I stole a couple of Brian Blair spots in the match. I was kind of proud of that. That's awesome. Yeah, good for you. Yeah, Chris I just a lot of Brian stuff over the years. Yeah, Chris kind of Chris took me under his wing, I guess, when I was uh, sixteen or seventeen, probably, and uh, I learned a lot from Chris. Man, Chris was a good oh, guy. Yeah, yeah, he was a great guy, and uh, had a lot of fun on the road with him. And some dangerous moments as well. Uh, absolutely, <laughs> I can't absolutely. get into that because I put a can't put a can't say everything he did because it would put him in a bad light. But you know, yeah, sure. yeah. no, he. he uh, like many of us, uh, Chris had his issues, and uh, but he was overall a, a good human, I believe. Um, oh, definitely. I, I can I, tell you a quick, a quick Chris Champion story. It's not a big time story, but yeah, it has to do with being able to call matches in the ring, as opposed to now when the guys will get there. Hey, the show starts at six. Could you be here at <laughs> noon so we can go yeah. to the match for nine hours? <laughs> yeah. But the match is only five minutes. Okay, get here at ten then. <laughs> like, but I always would like meet Chris at his house or whatever, but he was never on time. You know, he'd, yeah. you'd get there and he's never on time, but which is yeah. you know, a big deal. But we, we get on the road late. We're driving literally 
100 miles an hour through small cities like maniacs trying to get to the Tallahassee Civic Center from Tampa. Uh-huh. We get to the point where I get dressed in the car. We pull over. Chris gets dressed. We're on our way to the arena. We get to the arena. We're late. We're like the next match. We come in the arena. Like what happened? Chris tells Bob Roop some story. Like, I don't know. We had a, whatever he told him. Yeah. We throw our bags in the dress room and go right to the ring. Bill Alfonso's our referee. We get there and he goes, you know, duh, 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 these guys are going over. That's the finish. Boom. That's it. And we had a great <laughs> match, you know? Yeah. And the funniest part about the story is like I said, we drove like a hundred miles an hour trying yeah. to get there on time. And on the way back home, we went through the same areas driving a lot less fast. Yeah. And Chris got a ticket going like 50 and a 45 or some silly thing. <laughs> I'm thinking, well, that's the luck, right? <laughs> that's hilarious. <laughs> but yeah. I always think of that story and I wonder how many guys today could do that? Like just get to the show and go in the ring and, beep, you know, yeah, not many, bro. Not many. And, and especially if like it was somebody that they hadn't worked with before or anything like that. Man. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't remember who he worked with. It might've been like the Southern boys or something. Well, they were awesome. You know, Steve Armstrong and Tracy Smothers. So I don't remember exactly, but yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Uh, uh, Tracy, the uh, Tracy was the step Armstrong. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I always loved that. Oh man. Uh, so who are we? I, I love the road stories, man, the, and, and dressing room stories. Who who'd you run around with? Who, who you got some good stories on? And I don't mean dirt. I mean just funny shit. Uh, I don't know. I mean, you know, when when you stretch when I did the WCW stuff, where you're just doing the TV and yeah, you, you traveled with the guys you did that with. You know, I was right. one of the guys that rented the vans right. or the Lincoln Town cars because we had a choice where we wanted to rent. But I'm the guy who would rented it. I didn't have to pay for it. Don't get don't get crazy. I didn't right. pay for it. it wasn't a right. mark. <laughs> <laughs> Not Billy Corrigan. Right. I, uh, right. <laughs> I, uh, I would rent the vans and I would bring guys up to do TV. Jody Hamilton would have me do that every week. Mm-hmm. And I would pick guys that I knew could work and that I actually got along with. Because, you know, who wants to <laughs> bring somebody with it as a jerk? But yeah, we right. just had all kinds of crazy fun, though. I mean, just silly stuff, you know? Yeah. The I mean, I have fun, fun stories of, I always like to tell the story about Vader because Vader was one of the biggest jerks that ever walked the planet. I don't care what anybody <laughs> says. They can say, oh, Vader was a great worker. He was the best big man ever. Wrong. If you go in the ring week after week after week and you hurt people, you're garbage, in my opinion, because that's not what yeah. wrestling is. Right. And he hurt people every week and he was told to stop. Yeah. But um, this one night he comes in, you know, us jobbers, I hate that word, but. Us jobbers would always have all their doors open in our hotel rooms, and we'd buy cheap vodka at the local liquor store, whatever we wanted to drink, and, and go down to the bar and get a glass and bring it upstairs and fill it up, you know, do that kind of thing until we didn't have to pay bar prices. Right. But one night, Vader comes in our my hotel room, well, whoever I was rooming with, but and we had our bottles sitting there, and he's like, I'll show you losers how to drink vodka, and he guzzled the whole thing. Passed out on my bed. It's like two in the morning. <laughs> and at that time, they were giving, they had Harley race with Vader because Harley was, or Vader was afraid of Harley. He was like the only one that they thought could control him. Yeah. And so I'm, I call Harley race at two in the morning. I'm like, Harley, I hate to bother you, but Vader's passed on on our bed. He's like, God <laughs> ah, damn it. He's gonna get fired. Told that it, he comes in the room, and I swear to God, he's slapping him in the face, and he dragged him out of the room by his ear. Like a, like a school teacher, like I'm in a principal's office, and he's just the whole time yelling, "I'm sorry, Harley, I'm sorry." <laughs> I was like telling that story because Vader was such a jerk. And then later that, that night, he was that down is. in the down in the lobby raging. Who called Harley? Which one of you assholes called Harley? And we scattered like roaches, you know. <laughs> oh, oh, shit. 
That's good. I love that. I, and some of the listeners have heard me tell this one before, but Jamie, my partner, Jamie Dundee, had a, a, an episode with Vader where now I didn't see this. None of us saw it. But all of a sudden, you know, it was like, you know, the guys would come in and, and nap, you know, go eat catering, then maybe take a nap in the dressing room or something. Well, uh, Jamie, we, we were outside. I can't remember who all was with me. We were outside of the you know the dressing room area. Jamie comes running out of there. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. This motherfucker just tried to hug on me and then haunt me and shit. We're going, what? What? Vader, man, Vader. So evidently, they were laying next to each other, you know, heads on the bags or whatever. And I don't know, you know, this is coming from Jamie. But the Vader rolled over in his sleep and put his arm around Jamie and tried to, like, <laughs> hug up on him, throw his leg over him and shit. <laughs> Jamie, Jamie scoots out from under him and fucking comes running screaming to all of us. Oh my God. Oh my God. So I don't know what really happened, but I like that version. <laughs> you know, if we had, uh, if you had cell phones back then, you'd have a million hits on YouTube in a day. Oh, oh God. Dude, in a Hell minute. yeah. Yeah. A, yeah. Seriously. That would be great. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, let me ask you, in 87, you know, you, you've worked championship wrestling from Florida, but then you end up going to my favorite promotion of all time, Jim Crockett Promotions. What was the connection there? Well, it wasn't really Jim Crockett Promotions. They bought Florida Wrestling. Jim Crockett, that bug-eyed, mongoloid-looking freak, yes, check didn't, <laughs> uh, didn't bounce, but he was an asshole, I'll tell you. But um, they bought championship wrestling from Florida, and they had all these promises. They had... Oh, we got $50 extra for a trading card deal that we never got, but we got the $50. <laughs> yeah, but, uh, yeah. uh, they had all these promises, and what Crockett really did is he bought the championship wrestling from Florida from Mike Graham because Mike had all the syndicated stations in Florida, and then he shut Florida down and he put his Crockett promotion on there. Gotcha, okay. And by then, I quit working for him for the most part until it became WCW. But that's how I got working with Crockett, just because he bought the territory. Oh, gotcha. that makes crap sense. On yeah. it. And then in 88, Gordon Soley, Mike Graham, and Steve Kern restarted Florida Wrestling. Instead of calling it Championship Wrestling from Florida, they called it Florida Championship Wrestling. And I worked FCW, with them because yeah. Jerry yeah. Gray and I were the Florida Tech Team champions You know, prior to that. And then we came in and feuded with Mike and Steve like we did in Championship Wrestling from Florida. So that was fun. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. And speaking of cards, I noticed that you have a uh, Legends of Wrestling card, and I do as well. And I told oh. Jimmy, I said, man, it's too bad we don't, this is not a video podcast because we would definitely be rolling dice against each other. I played that <laughs> game when I was a kid, but I played the uh, Champions of the Galaxy version. I don't know if you've seen that or not. But that was the one where, you know, the cards had uh, fictional characters that were like from outer space and shit like that. And I fucking loved it and played it all the time. But uh, it was a huge, huge thing for me to get a card on that game, man. And I don't know if you even knew of the game before you got on it, but I definitely want to play your card against my card because mine, mine don't want to do no jobs. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm used to it, so go ahead and kid me. But you know, you know I, I'm I've I've heard of the game for years, and I thought when you said uh, that. I'm part of the game and you're part of the game. You were going to say, well, you know, I was cool to be part of the game until Bob Cook's part of the game. That means anybody can be in it now. Oh, <laughs> That's what I thought you were going to say. No, I mean, if I'm in it, I think it's cool the same way, really. <laughs> I mean, you don't make any money, but I thought it's like, it's like you can say you don't want to do it because they're not paying you and then not be in the game or you can be in the game and not get paid. Either way, you're not getting paid, but you're in the game. Right. Exactly. So, exactly. Like I said, yeah. you know, I was like, cool. 
it meant something to me because I played uh, the other version, and which is it's exactly the same. It's just uh, different characters. But let me ask you this: when you when you flip your card over and you look at your moves, is it accurate? You know, I don't have a card. They're supposed to send me some. What? <laughs> oh, okay, gotcha. What's I'm up, too cheap guys? to buy them. I mean, they're only yeah. three dollars. But I was like, God, they said they'd send them. What? You know, I'm not getting paid. Yeah, at least they send me a card. <laughs> No, I, I can get you in touch with somebody to get you one for free. So we'll 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 take care of that, Bob. Like the guy who got me the card, like I've helped him get several other people, like Chick Donovan and uh-huh. uh, Robbie Idol, who was a TV guy back in the day and friend of it mine. Maybe other same, people but... are going to get cards. Milton? Yeah. No, no, it's not. No. Uh, but yeah, man, that, that, I, I thought it was cool. Just like I said, because I played it as a kid. It was like, a, oh, my God, I'm on this game. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah I, very cool. I went to the Cali Friarly Club a couple months ago and I saw the cards and for not my card, but the car, I didn't realize they were so big. I thought they were just like a you know trading card, deck of cards. Yeah, yeah. They're pretty big. Yeah. It's it's a fun game, man. I've yeah. spent many hours doing that. So, eighty eight or eighty seven or late eighty seven. It looks like you end up in Memphis, and then see, I've been wrong on everything I've asked you here. So, <laughs> I'm going to hope that this is right. You weren't bad company in Memphis, is that correct? How did you get to Memphis? That was in eighty eight, but in eighty seven, you know what it is? It's literally like I got married on a Saturday. I went to Global Wrestling. That was a company that started here in Florida briefly in Miami. It was the first publicly traded company actually didn't go anywhere but yeah. and then i drove to memphis the next day a guy named bucky sigler and i were going to be the southern boys in memphis because what happened is like tracy smothers and and steve armstrong were obviously the st- southern boys and they were supposed to be in memphis but then they signed a deal or well, i don't know if they signed a deal i don't know if you did those things back then but they made a deal with crockett so they went to crockett mm-hmm. and so they brought bucky and i in as the the, the southern boys and it didn't last only like two weeks or something. Yeah. yeah. Cause I had to be a baby face, which I hate, you know, come on. Do I look <laughs> like a baby face? But I, but I, you know, went in and played along and I got fired by Randy Hales of all people. And, <laughs> and I, I saw Randy, you know, I mentioned the evil Knievel museum. They had the grand opening in, in 2017. And on the way, a lady friend and I drove to the museum grand opening. Cause obviously I wanted to be there. Cause some of my stuff is there, Yeah. but we stopped by Jerry Lawler's, cafe you know his bar and grill yeah yeah because uh, i just wanted to see it and mm-hmm. and i knew randy hills as a manager at the time when i walked in i told there was like there was a guard at the door i don't know what he was and i said is randy hills here tell him bob cook here and he's freaking pissed off <laughs> <laughs> he comes up and <laughs> i was just goofing around but randy gave us a tour of the place gave us t-shirts and hats and bought us yeah. lunch and shot an interview little thing that i did on facebook live that's still there but I don't even know where I was going with that story, but <laughs> that's funny though, because Randy Hales really, if it wasn't for Randy Hales, uh, Jamie and I might've not gotten the push that we got in Memphis because Randy took over the book and he, he believed in us and, and gave us the push that's good. <laughs> and he fires you. That's funny. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, it wasn't like I was making any money. Like, you know, yeah. it's funny. I, I, you think back and just like the crazy things in wrestling or maybe they're not crazy to other people, but to me, they were at the time. Yeah. Like I got, like I said, I got married, on a Saturday, the next day I went, drove to Miami with my wife, did the, the TV down there and then drove all the way to 
Atlanta the next day to meet Bucky in Atlanta. Then I rode with him and my mother and my wife followed behind us. Cause you know, we didn't know exactly what was going to happen when we got there. We didn't want to wait home, get it, have a way home. If we got there and they said, you know, get out of here. You know. <laughs> but so we got there, but then there's like the first night in the hotel, my wife and them all, they went back home and the first night in the hotel room, I come out of the bathroom oh and Billy Travis is banging some chick on the bed. And Bucky's, <laughs> And Bucky's like, hey, Bob, you want some? And I said, no, no, I'm okay. And I went downstairs and I called my wife. And she's like, how are things going? I went, oh, everything's fine, honey. Don't worry about a thing. In the meantime, just like, you know, cows grazing in our hotel rooms. <laughs> oh my God. Hey, so we just had we just had a run in here. We got we got David Young and we got Rod Hicks, the owner of Collar and Elbow. And and man, it's a party now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I have a collar and elbow jacket. Bob Cook. Hey, yeah. Bob Cook, man, I am such a fan. Like I'm a huge fan. We did jobs together back in WCW when I was like a child. But bro, oh. you were freaking amazing. Well, I appreciate that. And uh, with that and a uh, hundred thousand dollars, I'd have a hundred thousand dollars. <laughs> 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 so we found out that David is actually in town because he can't afford clothes and he he went to uh Rod's place you know and I said Rod does the collar and elbow stuff and guys like me and David uh will go over and uh it's like the goodwill for wrestlers and you just go pick up some collar and elbow stuff really that's cool we used to do that in WCW cool. we used to go to the warehouse in WCW every once in a while they let us have t-shirts and stuff yeah. So that's why you're always seen in those Sting shirts and stuff, right? It's like, I knew Bob right. was like, you're not buying those off the table. I guarantee that. Right, I love right. that. Yeah. I look at those pictures now. I got like a picture with Jesse Ventura and I'm wearing a Sting shirt. People I say, know. Oh, this Mark. I saw but that. I just I got it at the warehouse. <laughs> you know, so I wish I had it now, though, because that stuff's worth money. You oh, know, when dude. Superstar Billy Graham died, I had... I had two Superstar Billy Graham sleeveless shirts that I bought from Championship Wrestling from Florida in 1984 at Robarts Arena, which is about 40 miles up the road, where I'm going tomorrow night for the yeah. first time wrestling's there in 30 years with the NWA. But anyways, oh, wow. uh, when Billy Graham died, I said, you know, I, don't, I haven't worn them. I never wore the shirts. They're sitting in my closet. I was like, oh, let's try to sell them on eBay. They both sold for 250 bucks. It's like, what? Dang and the it. guy's like, you don't need more vintage wrestling shirts? I'm like, God. Right at that moment, I went, if my ex-wife was here right now, I'd kill her because she got rid of all my wrestling shirts. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Hey, get David Young. Oh, I just kill her because she's my ex-wife. Whoa! Did I say that? Wait. <laughs> what? Would you, Jimmy? What do you want to talk to uh, David about? Bring David over to the. He's to the he's right here. He's right here. David, why haven't we had you on the podcast, brother? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I guess. Right? Probably when we ask him, Jimmy. I feel okay. Slipping management, not me. Yeah. Okay. Got it. I understand. All right. You know. Yeah. Go ahead, Bob. Speaking of collar and elbow, I have two collar and elbow jackets: uh, a hoodie and yeah. a satin jacket. I paid for them. No one gave them to me. Yeah. <laughs> right. oh, wait a minute. Can we help Bob out with I, something, man? We'll I just like the jackets. It's, yeah. You have to live in Somerset, Kentucky, man. It's just a thing. Oh. Gotcha. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> if you were here, Bob, I would hook you up. <laughs> what if I drive through this? I want to go. I'm going to see Fred Altman eventually. He he lives in Tennessee, so I could swing by. Yeah, yeah you can absolutely. What part of Tennessee <laughs> do you have to go to for that? I don't know. I think I'm not sure. I think it's Nashville. Oh. Yeah, they're not too far. So. A little ways from Nashville, about two and a half hours, something like that. <laughs> 
But for a free T-shirt, come on. Yeah, man. for a free T-shirt. Oh, that, make the drive. <laughs> two and a half hours is nothing for a beaten down old wrestler. <laughs> exactly. We could do that with our eyes closed. <laughs> <laughs> Let's take a quick time out and get a word from one of my dope-ass sponsors, and we'll be right back with more Live and in Color with Wolfie D. Support for Live and in Color with Wolfie D is brought to you by Manscaped, who is the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Manscaped recently launched the Ultimate Men's Hygiene Bundle, the Performance Package. Join over 4 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with this exclusive offer for you. 20% off and free worldwide shipping with the code WOLFIE at manscaped.com. If my math's correct, that's about 8 million balls. Hey folks, this is Wolfie D here. And if you are looking to buy or sell a home in Tennessee or Southern Kentucky, you're gonna wanna call my buddy, the rock star realtor, Benji Bowie. And you say, Wolfie, how do I get in touch with this rock star? Well, you can call him directly at 615-390-8216. You can go to his website, bowiehomes.com. That's B-U-I-E homes.com. Or you can email him at benbowie34 at gmail.com. When you need a home, you need the Rockstar Realtor. Benji is a member of Exit Realty's Garden Gate team in Gallatin, Tennessee. So, all right, I'm going to go with a question here. So, you worked these names Eddie Gilbert, Midnight Express, Flying Brian Pillman, The Steiners, Arn Anderson, Fabulous Freebirds, Rock and Roll, Cactus and Sullivan, Samoan SWAT team, Mike Rotunda, Doom. Mean Mark Callis, Brian Lee, Lex Luger, Dustin Rhodes, Barry Windham, Brad Armstrong as Arachnaman. My God, that's like seven different types of Mount Rushmore of all time right there. <laughs> that's a great run, man. I actually had Dustin Rhodes' first match ever in 88 for that Florida Championship Wrestling I was talking about that Mike and Steve started. But that those matches started from 89 on. In 88, I thought you were going to ask about Memphis again, but... Well, ask about <clears throat> Memphis again then. How no, I don't know. I just, that's where he wrestled bad company. That's one yeah. of my favorite matches ever was against those guys at the Mid-South Coliseum for the AWA tag team titles when Jerry and Gray and I wore masks and we were called the Muddy Yankees. Stupid uh-huh. name, but Kevin Sullivan and Mike Graham gave it to us. So who's going to argue with them? Not me. Yeah. <laughs> Our yeah, there, there was Mighty Yankees. Yeah. There was Mighty Yankees because uh, Frank Morrell was a Mighty Yankee back in the day. Like, yeah, way yeah, back. way back. Yeah. 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 And yeah, but it's funny you mentioned bad company because I swear to you, uh, last Friday, uh, I get a phone call and it's, it's Paul and Pat. They were together up in, uh, the, the Northeast up there doing conventions and shit. And, uh, I had messaged Paul and, uh, he, he, they called me, uh, together and it was really cool to, to hear from both those guys, man. It's been a long yeah. time since I talked to them. <laughs> You know what's funny about that? They were on a Facebook Live signing, and I chimed in about what we just talked about, and they obviously both remembered it. And, uh-huh. yeah, that was really cool. Yes. I do that when I see people I know on Facebook Live doing those, uh, what do they call those virtual signings or something. Yeah. I always chime in just to see if they know remember me, because then if they yeah. do, I go, Eagle Boost, they remember me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I do, I do that occasionally myself. Man. But yeah, that, love those guys, man. Love them. 
Well, one of the names I wanted to bring up is you worked Ricky Steamboat four times, man. How was working? Oh, Ricky? Oh yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Easy as could be never talked about nothing. I mean, other than like the finish, which in his case was usually, Oh, chop to the gut, chop to the head, you know, whatever it was, but <laughs> right. yeah, he was awesome. How smooth was he though? I mean, just seriously. Perfect. He looked, yeah. 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 You know, Would he, you, he never hurt you. He never hit you too hard. And strangely enough, now I know this is strange. If anybody out there is really listening to me, pay attention closely. Nobody in all the years I was interested, except one person told me to hit him harder. <laughs> All you idiot, overbearing, obnoxious, pig-faced bastard fans that thinks wrestling should be realer, kiss my fat ass. <laughs> so who was the one that said hit you hard to hit him harder? Uh, Bugsy McGraw. <laughs> Bugsy, okay, man. Wow. Yeah, I loved working with Bugsy. I probably worked with Bugsy a hundred times, but one night we were wrestling at the the uh, James L. Knight Center in Miami, and I, I gave Bugsy a forearm to the chest, and he said, "Hit me harder." So I hit him <laughs> harder. He said, "Hit me harder." I hit him harder. He says, hit me harder. I hit him harder. When I got back to dress him, he goes, God damn it, Bobby. I've never been hit that hard in my life. Like, <laughs> he told me to do it. <laughs> <laughs> Who was the, you, so not just those names that Jimmy called out, but like, who's, who's probably the most reckless guy you've ever been in the ring with where you're like, fuck, I don't even want to be out there with that motherfucker no more. You know, I can't really think of anybody, to be honest with you. I mean, it's really. Like, the guy that Dave Shelton was like the, the angel of death in, in Texas. And he wrestled as the Russian assassin with, uh, Jack victory. Uh, yeah. In, I know that. In, uh, yeah. WCW briefly. And H, I don't, I don't say he tried to stretch me. He put me in a move where I literally like felt like a sissy afterwards. I was like, <laughs> I screamed to get away from him. I was like, what the hell, man? Didn't you get the memo? This ain't MMA because it doesn't even exist yet. You idiot. It's 1988. Like who the hell did you learn from? Yeah. I had a theory, man. When, when MMA started getting popular, I felt like a lot of the guys, uh, were being influenced by what they were seeing on UFC because they felt like the fan base, oh, people are watching UFC now and blah, 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 blah. I just never really understood that because as a wrestling fan, I... If I if I want to see a real fight and all that shit, I'm gonna watch UFC. If I want to be fucking entertained, though, I'm gonna watch wrestling. And I could never understand guys that wanted to incorporate the two. You know, it's two different things. Right. Yeah, I hate the I hate the fact that they block punches now. Exactly. Block punches, and it's like. And their logic is logic. They're like, oh, it's logical to block a punch. I say, yeah, but it's not. Okay, you're blocking a punch because it's log- logical, but you just gave a guy some type of move that laid him on a table. He's been laying there for a minute. The move you gave him probably shouldn't even have him on there, but now it's taking you two minutes to get to the top rope, and he's still laying there, and then yeah. you smash down on him. Is there logic in that? No. So what yeah. do you mean? I hate that. Wrestling is wrestling. MMA is MMA. Yeah, God, right. learn how to throw a mounted punch that looks good. You don't have to block them. <laughs> yeah. Right. It, and also, if you grab a guy by the wrist and sling him across the ring, he's not going to bounce off the ropes and run back at you. Right, right. <laughs> right. You can't have logic right. one way and completely illogical the other and have an argument. Right, right. <laughs> like, yeah. I mean, guys today don't even know how to throw a punch. And it's, but uh, uh, Like the big show, the big show would, like, and we work, I mean, I don't watch him now, but it was in W. W.E. years ago, every time someone would punch him, he'd block it, but he'd sell it like he got hit. Right. And I'm going, geez, right. I remember watching Ali and Foreman and Ali and this and Ali and that, and every time someone punched him and he blocked it, he didn't act like he got hit. He blocked it. Yeah. <laughs> so stupid. Yeah. 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 Not a lot of logic and all that. I, I'm totally in agreement with, with that. 
Yeah. The guys today should learn how to do the basics. You know, you can do triple moonsaults, but you can't throw a simple punch that looks even slightly legitimate. Because here's a yep. newsflash that most wrestlers seem to forgot. Wrestling fans want to be fooled. They want to believe. It doesn't Amen. matter if logic, again, go back to law. It doesn't matter if a guy punches you right in the face and logic tells you there should be a welt on his face. If that punch looked good, you're going to react and go, holy shit, I don't know what, I, I don't see a mark, but I swear he hit him. Yeah, Make yeah. them think that, you know, and if right. you can convince Billy, John, and Steve sitting in the front row, everybody else is just gravy. Right, yeah. right, exactly. But they don't even care. Like that Juice Robinson threw a punch on MJF the other night. I'm not kidding. Totally I missed a it. picture of it. Yeah, by totally a, missed By it. a foot, legit. Yeah. And MJF yeah. sold it like he got knocked out. I was like, oh, my God, what are those agents back there doing? Are they on drugs? Are they drinking? Do they put stuff in their <laughs> drinks? Are they, like, passed out? What's Maybe. going on? Yeah. If they worked for me, I'd call them over and go, hey, look, kid, I know you do a lot in Japan. You're a big star. Yada, yada, yada. Learn how to punch or get out of my business. <laughs> right. That's what I'd right. say. But, you know. Yeah. The other night I saw there was a it was a three-way match, and one of the girls, she was on the outside on the apron. She sticks her foot through the ropes. The girl starts running after the foot is already up and she starts running <laughs> at the foot so it's like your timing was off at that point if you missed it you shouldn't go for it is it's just horrible the telegraphing of moves is ridiculous but, and it's like the the one the other week where the the guy swung at the leg and hit the ring post and missed his leg by two feet and yes oh, you know ricky starts you yeah, notice horrible a lot yeah. of guys seem to rush a lot of guys seem to move in slow motion now it's like they're i don't know they can't think on their feet because they're trying to think of their next spot that they practice yeah, for two hours right. in the back. And they right. run in slow motion. You know what's yeah. sad about wrestling today? The most sad part, Go. the bad habits in wrestling today from slapping their legs Ugh. for a punch. They even slap their legs for freaking forearms now and different yeah. things. All yeah. that stuff is incorporated into video games. So if you yeah. do a super kick in a video game, they slapped their legs in the video game even. Yeah. <laughs> what yeah. is going oh on? God. Oh, my God. That's crazy. Is that like That's an right. extra David, David here actually did the uh, the CGI moves for some of those games. Which one? Do, which ones were you doing that for? Uh, all the SmackDown versus Raw. And, yeah. Uh, Legends of WrestleMania. There was a lot of them we did. That's did awesome. That's cool. I don't recall. Well, you know, they weren't doing 900 super kicks in a match now, you know, back then either. Oh, it's yeah, just, exactly. It's, it is the, it's the new punch. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Super kicks, a new punch. Exactly. Yeah. And it's we amazing. talk a lot and about punches on here and, you know, we actually had a, one of our early episodes a couple of years ago was, uh, you know, top 10 best punchers who we thought, you know, was the best. And it always, both me and Jimmy totally agree. And a lot of people do. I don't know if you do, but it's for me, it's Jerry Lawler. He can throw either hand and he, most guys, if they can throw a punch, they got one punch and yeah. that's it. Like, yeah. And it, yeah, Jeff Jarrett had he was in our list, I think. The uh, flipper, the flipper punch, yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, Jerry Lawler throws the best punches because he can throw a variety of different ones. Yeah. What do you think? I've said the same thing forever. Jerry Lawler is by far the greatest puncher of all time because of the reason, not only because of that reason, because if he threw the roundhouse punch, it looks amazing, so that's good enough. Right. But he can do it uppercuts, right to the face, lefts, rights, jabs. You know, for, he does the awesome mounted punches. I mean, he's amazing. Yeah. And I worked with him, and he's light as a feather. Yep. Yeah, there yep. he is. You know, it's funny. We had Ronnie Garvin, the Hands of Stone, on the show. And it's. I asked Ronnie, I said, so, Ronnie, we voted. No, I think Wolfie asked him. We said, we voted <laughs> Jerry Lawler as the number one punch of all time. What do you think? And he was like, I never saw a match that he was in. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah. I'm like, Ronnie. And, and, and I was like. 
I later found out that Ronnie and Jerry had wrestled a couple times. So anyway, <laughs> Ronnie was not selling the idea of, of Lawler being the best punch, but I loved it. And yeah, he's the hands of stone. Who, who can ask him, you know, who's the best punch? If you're not saying Ronnie, I guess he's not going to want to hear that. So, well... We don't want to nitpick. Ron comes to our Legends lunches. He won't hear this, Willie. I never cared for his punch. <laughs> Probably that, Ronnie Garvin. I think I can outrun him now, though. I, I guarantee you won't hear it, but we love you, Ronnie. <laughs> <laughs> He's a nice guy. Like you said, he comes to our – we do a Legends lunch every three months in Tampa, and yeah. Ronnie comes to most of them. Yeah, yeah. I think you just <laughs> honored Al Perez. Am I correct about that? No, we honored uh, Lou Perez and Al's oh, brother, and Al was there, too. I understand. We do a thing like a Hall of Fame, you know? You do a – Okay. An induction speech, and then we give the guy a plaque. Yeah. And but he was he was presenting Lou Perez's Got it. Lightning okay. Lou Perez. Understand? Okay, misunderstood that. Well, I know I want to ask you this: You wrestled Ric Flair on WCW Worldwide. First of all, how was it working? The greatest of all time. Awesome, and that's yeah. another thing that that I loved about Flair. It's like, well, just before I went out, even I was like, "What are we gonna do?" Rick? He goes, "Just listen to me, Bob. Don't worry about it. Remember, remember the figure forwards." He's like, "Just remember the figure four. Okay, <laughs> and everything I did in the match. It wasn't a long match, but it was awesome. Everything we did, he told me, and I was just following the leader. And he, yeah. and I knocked him down with my punches. How cool is that? <laughs> that's amazing. Yeah, that's amazing. Hey, this just popped into my head. Um, so. Before we were talking about MMA and stuff, before MMA, wrestlers used to quit out loud. Do you give up? Yes. And when you would sell, you would. I was taught to, you know, pound the mat, do all this kind of stuff. And I was in the business when that transition happened. And I remember thinking I had to be conscious of don't sell it by slapping the mat because that's a tap out now. Were you still wrestling when that transition kind of happened? I honestly don't remember. I just, I, I agree with you though. I mean, it, it's like, I don't know. So many things have changed. Yeah. The simple traditions are gone and, and now it's just a stunt show. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. The stupid stuff I did, like I bounced on bleachers and you took stupid bumps. And I think like I, I have hip problems and knee problems and back problems and I'm in pain every day of my life. And I think all these guys do more insane things than I could even imagine in my day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I can't imagine what they're going to be like when they're 40 or 50 or well, 60 I mean, years old. If you notice their, uh, their careers, their shelf life, whatever you want to call it, it's not that long anymore. There's not going to be uh, any more Ricky Mortons, you know, that wrestled until uh, their fucking 60s. You know, there's just not going to be that. Nowhere near that. Yeah, and I, I see all these, you know, everybody hates Roman Reigns because he doesn't wrestle very often. They make these comparisons. And Roman Reigns has only defended his title 54 times. And Hulk Hogan defended it <laughs> 400 times. And I'm thinking, right. you know what? Right. Maybe, just maybe, Roman Reigns, when he's 50 years old, will actually be able to play with his grandkids. Hulk Hogan still looks great, but he can't hardly walk. He's in pain every day. He walks like he's on eggshells. I bet you he wishes he could take 2,000 less leg drops off of his history. So anybody who thinks Roman should be out there bumping every night, I would say kiss ass and be jealous of the fact Roman's got the best deal in the business that anybody, <laughs> including me, would kill for. Yeah, no <laughs> doubt. I mean, that's a good point, man. That's a great point. Now, that, back when that, I was wrestling, I wouldn't kill for that deal because right. I'd have to be home with my wife more often. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm seeing a theme here, Bob. I'm loving it. It's hilarious. Yeah. Well, so, to be honest with you, I, uh, I went and visited my ex-wife for the first time in 10 years for like three weeks last week. Yes, so I'm we an idiot that. too. Yeah. While you were there, we booked this and you were like, there's no internet oh. here. We can't do it right now. That's right. That's that. right. <laughs> <laughs> that reminds me of the the saying, Bob, uh, 
getting back with your ex is like trying to push a turd back in your butt. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I, I'm not gonna lie. I had a good time. I'm not gonna. Lie. That's good, man. That. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. There's got to be a, an exception well, to every rule, you know. So, and I'm not knocking your parts ex, of, okay? <laughs> at least certain parts of me had a good time. Oh, hey, but a boom. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. Well, so speaking of turds that Wolfie just brought up, I saw that you actually worked the the techno turds. I mean, I'm sorry, the techno team 2000. Yes. That's what Wolfie called them on TV, and Dave Brown got so mad at him. Oh, yeah, them. he was pissed. He was pissed. And, it's just so funny. I saw that you worked the Techno Team 2000, and I thought I would bring that up. So, yeah. Yeah, I, I work with Eric Watts a lot. I, Eric was – I never had a problem with Eric. I got along with him, got extra work because of him, because when he first started, I was in WCW there at the time, and his dad was booking, and his dad booked me on a bunch of house shows to work with Eric just to give him experience because Bill liked the way I worked. He yeah. actually um, had me teach Eric how to punch. So it's That's like, awesome. I got nothing bad to say about Eric. He was always no. cool. He actually reached out to me recently when I was going through some depression and shit. That's good. That's good. Yeah, we weren't. I wasn't ragging him either. It's just something Wolfie said off the cuff on live TV when he was doing a promo about the techno team. So, yeah. But you did work you some know, cool people, man, you know, during that time. Oh, yeah. But, you know, a lot of people when it comes to guys like Eric, they're, oh, he didn't deserve his spot. Well, what's he supposed to do? If my dad worked for a wrestling company, he could get me a hundred and fifty thousand dollars a year job. Guess what I'm going to do? I'm going to say, okay, yeah. dad, where do I sign the papers? Right, yeah. Exactly. Like so people rag on Van Hammer. Van Hammer, yeah. uh, who's still a friend of mine today, he got an opportunity and he took it. Bad right. boy. I mean, come right. on, who wouldn't do right. it? Right. Yeah, we <laughs> talked to we. Had, yeah, we had Lodi on the other week. Let's admit. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we had Lodi on the other week and we were talking about how, you know, it was kind of an odd pairing putting Hammer, who was like the guitar player from White Snake, in with Nirvana or this Raven's Flock. But he really likes Hammer and he stuck up for him and then said, you know what, he did actually fit very well. So it was good, you know. I, I, I was him. with Hammer when he got arrested once. Oh, <laughs> wow. Well, let's hear that. Let's hear that one. over. Well, we got pulled over by the cops and his license was suspended or whatever the deal was. And it had to go to the, you know, they arrested him and I had to follow behind him and his, I was driving his BMW. I've never driven a stick shift. Don't grind the gears. Because <laughs> <laughs> so I had to follow him behind the police car and I'm doing the best I could. And driving his, but by the time he was done, because he's a guy who just uh, had a personality, he had all the cops and taking pictures with him, signing autographs and they sent him on his way. Yeah. Mm, man, that's awesome. Was it bouncing as you were trying to drive it? Was it doing the hold? I remember learning how to yeah. drive a stick shift. It was. <laughs> Shoot, I, you know, I don't even remember. All I remember is him just like, please, Bob, don't do it. I just got this car. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I told the cops, I was like, well, can I was like, you know, can't he drive his car? I can't drive his car. Oh, we can't do it. Oh, we can't. You know how the cops are. Yeah. Oh, no, we yeah. got to do it. We got to put him in the cuffs and take him down there. Man, that's the other thing about wrestling that's that's never coming back is the fact that the cops used to pull you over and they would uh, let you go because you were on TV or whatever. Now, you know, it's like a, a notch in their belt for them. Yeah. 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 You, you, you were talking about Chris Champion earlier, where, where I'm going tomorrow night at a, an arena that I haven't been to in probably 30 years. But back in 80. Seven, Chris beat up a fan there, and mm -hmm. the cops that would do security were, would moonlight for the wrestling, right? They were just yeah. making extra money. And Chris beat up the fan, and after the, that, we go back to the dressing room, and the cops take the fan out, and they brought him, knocked on the dressing room door, and said, Chris, you want to talk to him anymore? 
You know what that meant? <laughs> they would have turned their turned their back and then let Chris beat him up more. He didn't yeah. do that, but they did that all the time. They didn't. They were like on our side, you know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, at, at Louisville Gardens, I took a bump outside. I was a heel. I took a bump outside the ring, and I'm sitting on my butt with my back up against the bike rack, you know, the barrier. And this dude in the front row stands up. Like, I didn't see him, but he stood up and poured a beer on top of my head. Well, by the time I stood up and turned around, two of the cops, the Louisville cops, they were cool as they could be there. And uh, the one cop had him by one arm stretched out. The other cop had him by the other arm stretched out. And I just went, wham, I punched him right in the face. And they carried his ass out. And they didn't say <laughs> nothing to me about it. <laughs> the good old days. Hell yeah. yeah. I, broke an old, I broke an old man's glasses once. I was wrestling Jimmy Backlund, who was went on to become Jimmy Del Rey. Uh, it's similar to that. I got thrown outside the ring and they had a railing around the ring and I was just back to the railing and I felt a sharp pain in my back and I just turned on and punched the guy. And I can't see without my glasses. Yeah. And after the match, I, uh, you know, was going back to dressing. The cops had to go over in the corner. It was an old man. His glasses were broken. I didn't actually feel bad. I was kind of like, oh, damn, it was an old man. But I, well, you shouldn't have kicked me, you know? Yeah, seriously. <laughs> For real. Seriously. What are you, yeah. a mark? It's fake. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Okay, well, I got a question here. Now, I've talked about all these names. Ric Flair, Ricky Steamboat, Brad Armstrong, Barry Windham, Steve Kern. I mean, all these names that, that you've wrestled. Out of all of those guys, is there one that you felt like you clicked with the absolute most, that it was just the easiest and best match you ever had? You know, my funnest matches were with a guy I trained, a guy named Rick Ryder, who used to go up and do TV with me a lot. But the best, when people ask me who the best wrestler I ever wrestled with, I always say Dean Malenko because I wrestled yeah. Dean not only okay. in training, but I worked on tons of indie shows. And in 89, Malenko started a, a TV show here in Florida called Suncoast Wrestling. And I was the mass superstar. Yes, I was the mass superstar. People get up. People actually go, oh, Bill Eady was the mass superstar. Well, here's the, here's the deal, people. Yeah. Craig Malenko called me and he said, Bob, we got a TV show. We're going to be starting up. It's only like 20 minutes from your house. And I'd like you to be the mass superstar and be the top heel. You're going to feud with my son. What do you want to do, Bob? Yes, sir. What would I say? <laughs> no? People are right. But anyway, so I had all kinds of matches with Dean, you know, 45-minute matches, this many matches, Man. death matches, all kinds of matches. So I always say Dean is the absolute best because he just, I mean, when it comes to poetry and most, and then a lot of guys were like that. Don't get me wrong. Brad Armstrong, amazing. All these guys are amazing. But I had more time with Dean. You right. really can get a idea how good someone any of the tv matches with steamboat and stuff awesome a great memory no nothing but respect but you know they're five minutes six minutes ten minutes whatever but with dean it was longer and more matches but he was just so good you know he could drop kick you off the top rope right in your face and all you felt was the bump you took and it looked yeah. like he took your head off that yeah. to me is working yeah, yeah. i don't mean to go it's on that rant but i always put dean over yeah dean's amazing when I, uh, I guess like 2017-ish, uh, I, I lived in Tampa for almost a year, and uh, I, I don't know why I didn't know that, that Dean lived in the area, uh, and I wasn't expecting it, and I was coming out of the Planet Fitness, and this guy passes me, and I just remember looking at him, and then he had changed, you know what I'm saying, from the yeah. nitro days or whatever and i was never really around him so it's not like i you know but just popped on and went, oh that's dean well he passed me and he walked in and then i got to thinking i'm like that dude looked damn familiar and by the time i got to the car i was like that's fucking dean malenko <laughs> <laughs> it, it really sucks what's happened to him now with the parkinson's and so i saw him yeah, back I in june for the first time in a while that's what, that's what yeah. threw me off i think is he was limping or something yeah yeah 
It's sad. Yeah, it sucks. But he's got a job with AEW, so hey. So that, I hope uh, he's getting paid amazing, you know. But he was definitely my favorite. During that time with, like, Jericho and all the cruiserweights from Mexico, Dean was always my favorite. I bought his T-shirt, had his eyes across. It was like a banner with his eyes, and it just said, you know, the Iceman or something. And I, I love Dean Malenko, yeah. His matches with Eddie Guerrero and ECW is almost, like, changed the business to a degree oh, him and, totally. him yeah. and then Ray Mysterio and all them but you know anyways I yeah. love the Malenkos I can't talk bad about the Malenkos right <laughs> yeah. they got a lot of stuff in Japan with the Fongs and the Bulldogs and the Bulldogs I yeah. just presented yeah. Joe Malenko with his award in Las Vegas for the Cali Valley Club I just like to put that over because the jobber the enhancement talent the nobody the carpenter I don't know <laughs> what you'll call Bob Cook <laughs> but he was asked by Joe Malenko to present him with an award. Now, how cool is that? Wrestling that is fans? Super I thought cool. it was cool. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you go by the cooker. That's one of your nick. Tell us about how you got that nickname. Oh, I love telling that story. Terry Funk gave it to me. <laughs> yes. 1986 yes. at the Sport in Tampa. The first time I ever met him, uh-huh. it was at the Sport That might not be when he gave me the nickname, but it was in that same time frame. Yeah, and I still wear an earring today because of Terry Funk from that day. I'm sitting at the Sportatorium in the dressing room. This is a dump, the Sportatorium was. But it was had so much history, you know? Yeah. 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 And Terry come in the dressing room. He's wearing those boots that he always wore that look like cowboy boots. Your uh, your partner, uh, Jamie, has a boots. Like his dad used to yeah. wear them all the time. Yeah. I love yeah. those boots. Terry gave me a pair. The pair that I wrestled, Flair, and all the guys in, Terry gave me those in 1986. That's awesome. But, um, because I was sitting, I go, Terry, where do you get those boots? He's like, I'll tell you where I got them, Bob. In my bag, and you can have them. I was like, holy shit. <laughs> anyway, he gave me the boots. Oh but he, he started calling me the cooker. And yeah. and I've just, it's always stuck. That's yeah. Maybe he was doing it derogatory, but I never took it that way. <laughs> no. he, I think he had a knack for nicknames because we we had Boris Zukov on last week, and uh, that's he would he called Boris Head. Yeah, well, <laughs> I thought that was hilarious. Boris has well, a massive head. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's the only, Boris has lost a lot of weight. He looks totally different. The only thing that has not changed is his head. He's yeah. he got a massive <laughs> head on him. Yeah, but yeah. Anyway, we just love. I love Terry Funk. I think. He's honestly one of the greatest of all time, and you're you've got a really good impersonation there too. Yeah, right? for sure. Yeah, yeah, Terry is my favorite wrestler. He's the reason I got hooked on wrestling. When I started watching wrestling just by a whim. Yeah, like I, I met a kid in Florida when I was uh, whatever old age, 1975. We're playing basketball, and it's yeah. still light out. And he's like, I got to go home. What do you mean you got to go home? It's ra- it's light out. Well, I'm going to go watch wrestling. I'm like, wow, what are you going to watch that crap? I was only like 11 years old. I went home with him and I fell in love with it instantly. Terry Funk was going crazy. Gordon Sully was calling the action and I wanted to be a wrestler ever since then. And, but yeah, Terry's my all time favorite. When I did that speech, uh, the other with Malenka or to induct Joe, I had to hold back tears because I had so much Mm. on my mind. Two days after I did the speech was Terry's funeral. And on the same day that Terry's funeral was 29 years, the day that the great Malenko passed away. So I had all that in my brain, you know, and I I wore a Terry Funk shirt uh, when I inducted Joe and everything. Because I'm emotional anyway, and I'm a pussy, and I'll cry at a freaking cat commercial. (laughs) 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 Ain't nothing wrong with that, man. It means you're passionate, brother. Yeah, yeah, nothing wrong with that. But yeah, I I love Terry. I mean, I I, I didn't talk to anybody for like a week after Terry died. I was like, don't even talk to me. Right. Yeah. I don't blame you, dude. That's yeah. Especially knowing him like that, man. Wow. That's what an honor to know him. You know, that was the best, you know, like 
89 is my favorite year for WCW because I call that the year of the funker. Yeah, he was there almost true. the whole year and I was there the whole time. And anytime Terry was on the show, which was almost every time, I was yeah. like a freaking lapdog. I'm just sitting there and listening to him and telling you know stories and helping you with stuff. That was the best. Yeah. Well, I love that promo he does with and you know, Rick Flair's out there doing the promo and what about me? You know, you did I noticed you yeah. didn't mention me, you know, and it's like <laughs> man. Yeah, that stuff's great. It is great. They say it that's is. when wrestling was wrestling. Yeah. yeah. The J Tex, yeah, with Gary Hart and Muta. Well, I never liked Gary Hart, but that's just me. Got <laughs> personally or was it in wrestling? No, personally. I got you. Okay. Well, he's only my favorite, but I respect it, Bob. Oh, so, I'm yeah. sorry. It's okay. But you can have favorites and not like them. I mean, Absolutely. Little. That's exactly how it is, man. Do not yeah, meet your heroes. You might have been disappointed. If you <laughs> <laughs> what I, I hear are people yeah. who won't give people credit for the obvious. Like, sure. everybody hates Logan Paul. Logan Paul sucks. Look, you don't have to like Logan Paul. You can right. be jealous of his billion-dollar beverage company. You can be jealous of his amazingly hot girlfriend, soon-to-be wife. But right. you can't sit there and say he's not a damn good wrestler at this yeah. stage of his life. Right. For right. Sure. You can exactly. hate his guts, but you got to have a, you know, oh, he sucks because you don't like him. That doesn't make you. I don't like Kevin Owens, but I think he's a damn good wrestler when he has sure. his time. Right. Right. Absolutely. I mean, I'm not a fan of him. I might like him if I've met him, but I mean, you know, right. Right. You know, it's yeah. funny. I've never been a fan of CM Punk, but I met him in Las Vegas for the, for the first time and he was cool as cool as could be. I was like, well, I like CM Punk now. <laughs> <laughs> amazing how that works. It is. It is amazing. Yeah. He actually knew uh, who hey, I was. Hey Bob, uh, man, I, I just want to say thank you again for coming on. It's been uh, it's been really cool talking to you and kind of getting to know you, man. I mean, I've I've seen you on social media and things, and and I, I knew you know uh, of you, but it's it's kind of cool to get to know you, man, uh, a little bit anyway. If if you could do that in an hour, but uh, <laughs> again, thank you for coming on here, man. It was a very cool conversation. Jimmy, do you have anything left? Yeah, favorite match of all time, and I'm I'm out. We're out. That's all my questions. Favorite of my match or favorite match of whoever? Favorite match of your matches. Well, it's got to be with the guy I mentioned, Rick Ryder. And we had all amazing matches in the 80s and 90s, cage matches, death matches, all kinds of – so any one of those matches because they were just a blast. But as far as wrestling, wrestling, Jerry Lawler, Terry Funk, Bill Dungey, Jerry Lawler, Harley Race, any of those guys, all good stuff. Yeah. And I appreciate you having me on. I hope I didn't ramble too much. No, absolutely not. Great, man. It's been great, man. Like I told you, you if you, we ain't laughing, we ain't having a good show, in my opinion. <laughs> right. I've been up for over 24 hours. In two hours, I'm going with a friend to eat dinner. Then I'm staying at their house because tomorrow morning we're going to pick up a wrestling ring, taking it back to their house, setting it up in a garage. <laughs> then I'm going to a wrestling show tomorrow night. Who needs a psychiatrist? <laughs> I'm just, okay. I'll give, you, I'll give you mine's number. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think they'd probably need one after they talk to me. Thank you, Bob. You're awesome. Man. Yeah, man. Thank you so much, Bob. For real, uh, man. Uh, hit us up, man. Uh, you know, hit me up on uh, uh, social media or whatever, man. It's been it's been cool talking to you, man. For real. Yeah, same here. I really appreciate it. And same to David. I was just joking around. I appreciate him saying that I was a good wrestler or whatever. It always means a lot. Oh, I don't mean to ramble. I know you want to go, but. When I told him we were talking to you, he's like, "Oh my God, I'm a huge Bob Cook fan." Here, I let you. I let y'all talk. I'll tell you what I was the biggest fan of is every time I would show up to do jobs, if Bob Cook was there, I knew I was probably going to get a night off. Because <laughs> everybody, you know what's always, funny? everybody would come. I remember one night Johnny B. Bad was begging you. He says, "Please let me request you as my opponent." And you're like, 
no, I want a day off. Leave me alone. Go away. <laughs> <laughs> That's the That's thing good. that means the most to me, though. You know, you think of what wrestling fans think. Oh, he's just a jobber. He's a nobody. Oh, he lost everybody. But the reality is what my peers think of me. Like, I'm yeah. good friends with Brian Blair and Steve Kern. All those people love me. And I'm not just bragging. I say they love me and I love them. And they show yeah. me respect and I show it back. And that means more to me than anything that a negative wrestling fan could say negatively about me or anybody else like me. And I'm sorry. I'll let you go oh man that's no i understand that completely man absolutely it's 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 a different feeling when you when your peers uh respect you and shit absolutely thank you bob you're the best buddy (laughs) all right thank you thanks take care hey jimmy i'm gonna ask the question that i always know the answer to what's coming up next oh you know it it is ask wolfie anything dj hit the music Right, we are back with Ask Wolfie D anything on the Bob Cook episode of Live and in Color with Wolfie D. Man, Bob was cool, dude. Hilarious, right? I mean, yeah, very funny, dude, man. Um, I'm I'm glad you you were able to get him on here for us. It was like I feel like I just met him. You know what I mean? Right, me too, me too. Yeah. I mean, seriously, I didn't know him, but I follow him on Facebook. The dude's hilarious, and man, when David Young and Rod did a run in the collar and elbow team, I mean, come <laughs> yeah. on. Yeah. I love that's that. Funny. Yeah, that yeah. Don't funny. forget, y'all, collar and elbow uh, clothing. It's a wrestling thing. Every wrestler, I don't care what uh, what league they're working for, what promotion they're working for, they probably got a collar and elbow shirt. So get yours. Yes, and we would love to have a collar and elbow commercial on our show, but <laughs> yes, we we'll talk about that another time. But anyway, yeah. thanks those guys for dropping by. We got to get David on the show too, man. But yeah, we'll t- we'll talk him. about that for sure. But anyway, Bob Cook, man, I'm oh man. That guy was so funny. I'm telling you, I haven't laughed. I mean, seriously, it's been like when Flash and Trash were on the last time I laughed <laughs> that hard about some of the things. So anyway, definitely appreciate him being on. Very knowledgeable guy. Did some good stuff. So thank you, Bob. As always so the very first question on the show this one comes from our longtime listener longtime question asker longtime buddy of the show ben martin yeah love you long time as well Love, love you. Yeah, exactly. Ben Martin asked this in August of 96, Jeff's secretary, Patricia, any recollection of her? And then she was in ECW with Stevie and Meanie as well. But anyway, do you, do you have any, who who was that? I'm thinking of, I believe she was a a brunette and uh, she was from like Rhode Island. And so that makes sense, ECW. And I'm pretty sure this chick worked for ECW. She was there for like a a half a second. Okay. Okay. I do remember she rode with Randy Hales and I uh, one time to some, I forget where he's going. And I remember, you know, we're going down I 40 and, you know, how many stretches of miles you look over, yes. you see yeah. cattle, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, with her heavy, heavy uh, Rhode Island accent, she goes, Oh, what are those bears? <laughs> 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 oh my god that's yeah funny. me and randy pop oh my god dude. that's funny dude uh, yeah i think that's who i'm pretty sure that's who i'm thinking of yeah yeah <laughs> to talk about randy for a second 
when I think of you and him riding together, for some reason, I think of some like buddy movie comedy, like almost somewhat like a Tommy boy or something in my mind. I can just envision like you, you, you of course are making Randy drive. It's like three in the morning. Randy falls asleep. He drives off into the, you know, (laughs) Oh no, Randy ain't falling asleep now. Um, nah, he's, he's a trooper. He, he's, it ain't a lot of people, you know, like ever since I was in that wreck where the, we rolled over and I got ejected and all that shit, yeah. bro, I, I won't go to sleep if you're driving, if I don't trust you. And yeah. even then, even then it's still very, very hard for me to go to sleep in a vehicle. That's well, you know, it's become that way for me, but sometimes I don't know, you know, I just, yeah. I just think maybe there was some funny stuff that had to have happened that was just, you know, like that. What are them bears? (laughs) (laughs) And most of the time, Frank was with us, though. That was Uh, was another factor that was funny in there. Frank, he don't even really mean to be funny half the time. (laughs) That's funny. But, yeah. I mean, it was, you think about the personalities of Frank Morrell, myself, and uh, Randy. And so you throw that in a car for hundreds of miles, uh, days at a time. Yeah. 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 That's the, yeah. There's comedy factor (laughs) times 20 in that. So anyway, well, yeah. Thanks Ben for asking the question about Patricia there, but other than the bears story, not much else going there. Very small time. She was there, right? Yeah. Yeah. Thanks mister. Okay. All right. Well, okay. The next question, this has to be somebody we know. I I don't know who it came from. Honestly, I I promise you I don't. But the name is Mark Markington. (laughs) (laughs) It's one of the boys, K-Fade. It's got to be. It says, are you mad Joey Ryan thought of the dick spot before you, Mr. D? (laughs) (laughs) That's funny. Yes, I am. No. (laughs) No, man. That... uh, I just, I didn't, I didn't like that, man. And I know, I mean, I've done some stuff that's, that's comedy. Yeah. Yeah. And, but I don't know. I just feel like that made absolutely no sense. And it just made everybody look ridiculous. Yeah. Read, he puts the dick in ridiculous. Ridiculous. Yeah. (laughs) But seriously, man. And I'm not holding my hand on nobody's junk. First of all, for that period of time. Right. I mean, not even a half second. I don't know if there's a five second rule on that or what, but I'm not doing that. And then going to flip myself over from the power of the penis. Yes, exactly. I just thought that's silly, man. I did. Yeah. And yeah. evidently I wasn't the only one. And I mean, I, in a way, I almost feel bad for the dude, but. Yeah, I do. I, do I mean, too. he was just going with going with what was getting him over and what was trending and all that shit, man. But that just shows you that sometimes that ain't always good. Yeah, because what was it? What's the story? It's like short term pops is not a full pop. It's kind of like when, yeah. you know, it's kind of like when Road Dog talks about Dan Housen. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like where what's the long term of this? You know. Yeah. Are you going to be doing this like a Hogan's leg drop in when you're 50, you know? And, and, and let's just say you're getting super over and you, you're wrestling some of the top guys in the business. Are they going, I mean, and I know a lot of dudes now have a different mentality, man, but are, are and I can see them getting an AEW or not, not anymore really. I mean, but I can see that platform being a place where you could probably do that. You All know? right. I'm going to ask you some names. Would they do that? All right. <laughs> 
Yeah. Okay, they're facing Joey Ryan again. Now, it we, also depends on whether I know this person or not. You know what yeah, I'm saying? Sure, but I'm asking you would this. I'm asking yeah. you would this person do that? Yeah. Bill Dundee would he bump for that? <laughs> no, <laughs> <laughs> I don't think so. I really okay. Don't. Jamie would though, right? Probably. Yeah, Jamie would because because he, he's done a spot similar. Uh, him right. and Mikey Whipwreck used to do one where okay. Mikey would lift Jamie up by the balls, but that's different. I mean, you're right. doing it to them. You're not his penis ain't doing it. You know, what right, I mean? right. Okay, so then, and I know you probably don't know him personally, like mm-hmm. well, 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 but you know of him well enough, mm-hmm. and the boys you know know him. Stone Cold mm-hmm. Steve Austin, would he do that? I don't believe so, man. Yeah, yeah, I, can't <laughs> and I wouldn't see that want one. him to. I right, exactly. Right, exactly. And honestly, just to be honest, I can't see Roman Reigns bumping for that. No, no, no. You know, Brock Lesnar, can I know. No. I mean, I'm just thinking all the big name top dudes that became superstars. You you validated my point. Yeah, exactly. That's my exact point. But I would (laughs) love to see him try to broach that to Bill Dundee, wouldn't you? Just be like, (laughs) that's not a knife. This is a knife, you know? Right. (laughs) He pulled out his knife, chop it off. Oh, my God. <laughs> anyway, so, yeah, thank you, Mark Markington. One day we'll find out who you are, and we will laugh together. So, anyway, that was funny. I appreciate that one. Anyway, so the third one, and, yeah, this one is um, this one's always that question that you kind of get asked. Mm-hmm. But we're going to kind of put this one to bed, y'all. And, again, somebody asked it, so we're going to answer it. Or you are going to answer it. Let's just say that. Uh-huh. Daniel Chad Whitehead on Facebook asks this. So if you could do it all again from the rip, like you are at Gypsy Joe and Rick Reynolds training camp. (laughs) See what I did there? Anyway, so if you could do it all over again, but you were, uh, yeah, again, you had Airwolf. You did a medic gimmick. You did all that. Or or what was it, intern or medic? It was a medic. medic. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Anyway, I don't know why I get that mixed up there. But anyway, any a different gimmick? What or what could it be? Or would you have started Slash earlier? Again, to take PG thirteen out of your equation puts a whole ton of what ifs. You know? Yeah, but I I might not have done anything with my career if it hadn't have been for my gimmick because we were young dudes, small. Jamie being Bill's son absolutely helped you know yeah, what I'm saying? To right get the of course connections to get in so yeah. man i mean had i not have met jamie i don't know what would have happened and then you know i mean you never know I, I, i'd like to think that i was pretty good but the gimmick is and, and the work and jamie's connection you know that's what sold it man that's what sold it and yeah, uh i agree you know right place right time that might have been my window and if it closes you know you don't get another one a lot exactly of time. exactly i'd have been at grand slam every fucking saturday night <laughs> exactly you would have been that's a bad thing no but I'd you would have been working with those guys right and, you know right. we wouldn't be having this show yeah you know? We wouldn't be. I would have you on my other show, though. <laughs> yeah, for sure. You'd be calling me up. Hey, man. And I would be on. so stoked to be on it, man. Thank you for saying I that. Would, I would. Yeah. I'd be mad if you cut me off at like 45 minutes. I'd be so mad. Well, I would we, tell my entire story. <laughs> you are the 45-minute guy. I am the probably two-hour guy. You know, yeah. that's just how things go sometimes. But, you know, anyway, you, that's that's why it's good that you have – 
your abilities to watch the times like you do because sometimes my ability. Yeah. 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 (laughs) (laughs) But anyway, yes. So that that's all we got, man. But I think that was a great answer to that because really literally removing PG thirteen from the equation, it's a it's a crapshoot after that, right? And and also he said uh would I've done slash at first. I could have never done slash at first. You know, I I was a skinny kid. That right. would have looked really funny, you know? Yeah, Plus, yeah. I hadn't shaved my head yet, and I would not have considered that at that point. Yeah, and, definitely. Yeah. So. You had to morph into Slash. This I was a many years made yep. up Slash, you know? Yeah. And I think that's what made Slash believable was it wouldn't have been an 18-year-old guy doing it, you know? Yeah. yeah. That would have been like, you're not going nothing to me, <laughs> you know? And yeah. it would have never worked. So you would have maybe stuck with Airwolf, and Airwolf would have been at Grand Slam every saturday night right whatever we feel on thursdays right right you would have hit the loop he wasn't there right one of those places but i just might not have made it out right the the local scene really you know yeah airwolf maybe never would have been to well (laughs) to uh to what's the the alamo dome you know yeah yeah that you know maybe but you never know he could have easily gone to puerto rico i'm sure and airwolf could have easily gone to mexico had he met the right people but Yeah. When it comes down to it. Yeah. Is he at the Alamo Dome? We'll never know. But okay, let's just 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 end this conversation as as easily as possible. Did you have any other idea for what you wanted to be? If the, if Jamie hadn't had just walked along, hey man, Wolfie, you know, that kind of thing. <laughs> if you'd have never come into your life, do you have any idea what you would have done? No. I mean, so obviously, like I have said, you know, I started being Wolfie D uh, by myself now, right. Wolfie D by itself. I wouldn't have had the connection of Jamie and, and Memphis. So, right. Or, or, you know, it, it just probably wouldn't have been the same, you know. Right. Right. I needed him like he needed me, man. He, I, I had no clue how to cut a fucking promo and shit like that, man. You know? Yeah. 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 Yeah, yeah, you definitely, you know, you had the daggone Obi Wan Kenobi of promos there with you, man. <laughs> the guy who could cut it. And Jamie is just an extrovert on ten. You know what I mean? Yeah. Literally could talk to anybody, right? Mm-hmm. Well, let me ask you this: since we're talking about this, this is number so, four. Yeah, no, it's not number four. Go ahead. This, this one doesn't count. I'm just kidding. Okay. So I'm going to cut this out anyway. No, I'm just kidding. So <laughs> Jamie, did he ever embarrass you at how much he talked when you all weren't in the locker room? Like when you oh all my God, are you like you're me? out in public and he's like talking to random Joe at the next table over. Oh, and it's, my God. Especially nowadays, man. Uh, yeah. Because I don't know. It's just different than where it was. It was funny to me. And just it's like it it, it made me go. God, I. I I probably can't be embarrassed uh, in public by anyone now. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. Yeah. But like nowadays when he does it, you know, we're older and, you know, they both right, don't know who we are. You know what I'm saying? Right. It, it, right. That, if, if you know, okay, this is a wrestler and he's, this motherfucker is out there. It's one thing, but just to think this random fucking dude, 50 year old man, crazy. (laughs) Yeah. You know, tattoos and a mohawk and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, not knocking 50 year old men with tattoos and I'm going to be one very soon. (laughs) But what I'm saying is, is like, there's a level of like maturity that you kind of expect for a 50 year old man, just an average 50 year old man. And 
it maybe Jamie doesn't match that because Jamie has like that eternal youth factor about him, you know, where yeah. he he's never he's like a Peter Pan kind of thing. You know what He'll I'm saying? Outlive us all, man. He will definitely outlive. I guarantee that him, Keith Richards, <laughs> and the Roaches will be yeah. here at the end of everything, man. For so sure. anyway, but that was just another question I thought up that because I've had that with uh, family members or people like that or friends that were just so outwardly like yeah. talk to people in elevators and stuff and like you know and. I, I'm always like, man, quit, shut up, dude. I don't want to draw attention to what, you know, yeah. <laughs> what it is. But <laughs> anyway, yeah. I, I'm like that now. I'm very like, I don't want to draw attention to myself, really. Yeah. Yeah, like when the show is going, in a negative fucking way. Right, exactly. But like when the show, when the the red lights are on, you're good to go. You're yeah. all you're all show. But where the red lights aren't on, mm-hmm. you you want to be like, hey, don't even look at me. You know, like, yeah, I'm just here. But anyway, that that I feel the exact same way because I, you know, you and I are both Sagittarius, and I don't think that counts for anything. But what I mean is, <laughs> is well, what the fuck you say it for then? Well, what I'm just saying is, I think similarities show sometimes between you and I. Yeah. We're our worst enemy. We are. But anyway, when it comes down to it, you know, also we think other people are our worst enemy. No, I'm just kidding. What I'm saying about that is, is like, I want to be kind of introverted until it's time to be extroverted. Hey, I'm going to say something funny real quick. Yeah. Funny. I love it. It's my brain. And I, if I don't say it, I'll forget. We need it. And just in the show with this, if you want, um, yeah. I don't watch Saturday Night Live that much anymore, but I like Jason Momoa, and I turned it on there. And if, if y'all should look up, everybody listening and you, Jimmy, should look up um, the Rome skit. <laughs> it's a song. Okay. And, and then what made me think of that was you talking about Sagittarius, and at the end of it, uh, you'll see about the astrology and shit. But it's it's funny. Okay, I'll check it out. That's hilarious. I started to watch some of that. I think I've got it recorded, actually, but I will check that out for sure. Man. Do you have a DVR still? Yeah, my, oh, my wife. Wow. Yeah, my wife, she uh, she will not let go of cable. And I've okay. even approached her with how much money is being spent on the streaming services as well. But, right, right. you know, anyway, she's she's uh, she's she'll be the last people with cable, I promise. <laughs> like, we'll we'll have a 20-year contract because... Yeah. You know, but anyway, 300 bucks a month. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we, it's just throwing money out the door. But anyway, Those yeah, dark man. Michelle's, I tell you, I know, right? You can't change them for nothing. But that is, we just, we're both Sagittarius with the Michelle. The yes. Hell? And we're both bald, extremely yeah. attractive men. Yeah. With, with tattoos. Sure. And, you know, I mean, you know, I'm just, you know. We might be brothers, dude. <laughs> <laughs> we're brothers for brothers. sure. <laughs> yeah, tell my brother. We're brothers for sure, though. In the, you know, like brother, brother, brother. brother. Yeah, in the good brother. Anyway, good brother. that's all I got, man. All right. Brother. <laughs> hey, hey, by the way, it's your birthday next show. What are we going to do, man? I mean, usually the person whose birthday it is Doesn't does not to. make the plans for his or her birthday. Okay. So, I feel you. I see. I see what you're you. saying. Right, check. I got it. I'm on it. <laughs> <laughs> Best of part three. Oh, <laughs> Just yeah. Just kidding. All right. We'll see y'all next week. <laughs> Bye. Bye. And now a word from our sponsor. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Give Me Back My Pro Wrestling. 
the podcast that's based on the old school, but can still help you find the good stuff from today. Jimmy Street and the Plastic Chic Jared are the undisputed tag team champions of the wrestling podcast world. From thought-provoking topics to superstar interviews to action figure expertise, this team does it all. And all they ask is, give me back my pro wrestling! Every other Thursday, wherever you listen to podcasts. Join me, Gene Jackson, for the Jackson Interaction Podcast, where I'll be doing one-on-one interviews with people from the world of professional wrestling, as well as stand-up comedy. You can get them anywhere podcasts are available in both video and audio form, but you can find them all at GeneJacksonPod.com. That's right, it's the talk of Middle Tennessee, the channel you love to hate and the channel you hate to love. It's Brian Turner from Brian Turner's VHS Rehab. And if you're looking for matches from Wolfie D to Jerry Lawler to Dusty Rhodes and the team that put a pimp before your eyes and a goatee between your thighs, Booty Call and Athena, go to LostWrestling.com. See, I made it easy for you. Brian Turner's VHS Rehab. Booyah! Hey, 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 it's the Heat Boss of Scotty Blaze. Now I'm inviting all of y'all to join me on my brand new podcast, Turning Up the Heat with the Heat Miser Scotty Blaze. What are you waiting for? Come on over and join me. I'll be covering all the events of the day, global, national, pop culture, movies, gaming, whatever sounds interesting. But I'll also be playing some awesome skating shuffle music from the 70s, the 80s, the 90s, the 2000s. Anything that has a good beat, I'm going to be playing it. You can rest assured. Come on over. T-U-T-H-Radio.com. The podcast is on every major podcast platform. See you then. This is your rock star ring announcer, Aaron Camaro. I'm a man who believes the two greatest art forms ever created are professional wrestling and heavy rock music. So when I'm not hosting the best parties that also happen to be live professional wrestling shows, I'm hosting the Decibel Geek Podcast. Decibel Geek is a weekly podcast that features discussions of all things rock. We're talking the Beatles, the Stones, Led Zeppelin, Jimi Hendrix, Black Sabbath, Kiss, Ozzy, Motley Crue, Guns N' Roses, Metallica, Alice in Chains, Pantera, and everything in between. Plus, we'll turn you on to new bands from today that have the same spirit and style that the legends do. Decibel Geek is hosted by myself along with Rockin' Pod founder Chris Sinzak. And each week, you'll get interviews with famous musicians and industry insiders along with informative, entertaining, humorous, and insightful discussions and most importantly, a passion for the music. So if you love to rock out as much as I do, then this is your invitation to the greatest rock and roll party in all of podcasting. It's Decibel Geek, and it's available right now on all major podcast platforms. Oh yeah.
So that was another great episode. Hey, Wolfie, tell them where they can find you on social media. Jimmy, they can find me in the club, bottle full of bub. I'm just kidding. Uh, they can find me on Facebook. Uh, my personal page is Warren Wolf, W-O-L-F-E. I'm on Instagram, at WarrenWolf13. You can always find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube, at LiveWolfieD. Here's the thing. Wolfie always has offers for his autographed photos. He has a selection of some awesome photos from throughout his career that he will autograph and personalize any way that you want him to. Just contact him either directly at his personal Facebook page or through any one of our other pages, and we'll make sure you get in contact directly with Wolfie. Get those photos, right, Wolfie? Yeah, I've got some good stuff on there, you know, to help with the podcast. Folks, if you can't get out to a show to meet Wolfie D, there's nothing like that, especially for the fans of PG-13 and Wolfie D. And before we go, you can always find me, your host, Jimmy Street, at James Rock Street on Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. And hey, Jimmy, before we go real quick, I just want to add in there, uh, from the bottom of my heart, I really appreciate First of all, the work you've done for this podcast. You have worked your butt off. Secondly, the people that are liking the page. Beyond that, even more, is the people that are listening. And we really appreciate that. Yeah, and remember, guys, the podcast drops a new episode every Monday at noon. And our past episodes are streaming now on demand on all major podcast formats. Thanks again. I got a cat for you don't. He got a cat for you don't. I got a cat for you don't. He got a cat for you don't. He got a cat for you don't. And here we go. The original white boy that came out sagging, not bragging. Don't be hating, cause I'm spitting the truth. Still lobbing in color. Don't rush your mother. Utilize a hubcap. I'm like any other. Back in the day, I was NOD. And I was P to the G plus the one and the three. In case you forgot, they call me Wolfie D. Been cloned and copied so many times. Title suckers taking credit for what is mine. You know who you are without me name dropping Wrestling's first white boy coming out hip-hop Been doing it like this since 92 Played low for a while when you thought I was through Listen real close to these rhymes that I've injected This shit's so sick it makes your ears get infected Mad skills, no faking, there is no one great Cause I'm bringing more folks and over and for later Not here to play games, so you better beware You don't like me, so what? I really don't care Like the time I keep ticking and I can't be stopped You suck a step to the side unless you wanna get dropped When I finish, I'll straight knock you out Please allow me to tell you what it's all about Gonna wind it up Driving it home, it's Wolfie D, baby. Huh? I got a cap for your dome. I got a cap for your dome. We got a cap for your dome. We got a cap for your dome. This has been a James Rock Street production.